0: You're about to watch a special edition of the Fumble Rooski podcast in a special collaboration with the Pesky Pole podcast. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Justin Tucker. We are here with Robert Shelley, host of the Pesky Pole podcast. We're going to be here with a bunch of other people in this special edition.
1: It is very special. Without further ado, let's get right into it. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, we have been preparing for this for a while now. We have a ton of people on. We are supposed to have seven, but Kelsey Miranda decided he didn't want to show up and he would rather play golf. But we have six of us for a collaborative, I can't say that word, episode of the Pesky Pole Podcast and the Fumble Roosky Podcast, the 69th episode of the Pesky Pole Podcast plus the 20th episode of the Fumble Roosky Podcast on, well, recorded on April 20th. Say it with me if you're out there. Nice. All right. Let me go through and introduce you guys to everyone on. First, let's go with our two Fumble Ruski hosts. First, the guy who my basketball fans have seen a ton, way too much, honestly. Adam, say what's up to the people. Hello there. Short and sweet. Um, Okay, you still got
0: more? (laughs) Yeah, so uh, um, yes, it is episode. 69 on 420, but another little nugget of information here. Uh, where we Currently where we're living, it's 69 degrees out. So, <laughs> of course It's nice. It
1: of course it is. I didn't even know that. We are going to be insanely immature this episode, and I apologize to the fans out there. Next, we have our other Fumble Brewski podcast host, Justin. Say what's good to the people. Hi, people. Pleasure to meet you. Uh, and sitting by him we have a guy who he's never been on your show right adam
0: we've invited him a few times and he's he's been on a couple he actually almost was here from the start but he's kind of uh wussed out a little bit he yeah that doesn't doesn't want to he's a little bit he's a little bit shy but he's got the energy
1: doesn't surprise me at all andrew say what's up
0: hello everybody
1: we had to drag him in to get him to even be in this, but I wanted as many people as possible. And now our two special guests, one that you have seen, I believe, once. This is the second time on the show, Fumble Roosky Podcast fans. You have not seen this guy before, but he knows his stuff about football. He's commenting almost every week some Patriots stuff in my comments. J.D., say what's up. What's up, guys? And, yep, Patriots right here. Ride or – die and trust me and finally we have one of, i believe the og member fan member of the pesky pole podcast he's been following me for almost a year now has to be it's something like that i don't know why i've never had him on the show and it kills me that's been this long but patrick introduce yourself to the people yo what's up guys you know patrick i never asked how old are you uh, 20 you're 20 okay so and tell tell the fans what we what terrible news we just heard about your favorite football team uh
2: that we're probably gonna win the Super Bowl uh coming up I'm a cowboy
1: fan
0: how so. about damn cowboys Ooh. we don't
1: boys we' them boys i'm upset i am very very upset all right disown him as other fans if you want but I sadly can't. He is truly the OG fan. And I'd have to say JD was like the second OG fan of the channel. But without further ado, let's get started talking about the Red Sox. I know Adam's going to use this episode for his Fumble Rooski podcast. For you football fans, don't worry. About 30 or so minutes in, we'll start getting into some football action. So this Red Sox team has surprised all of us, Right if this pattern keeps going on for the rest of the season, guess how many wins they'd have JD. Well,
3: it's gotta be near 90
0: ish.
1: If they keep going, if they keep going at this pattern they've been at, it would be 104 wins. Now, realistically, are they gonna stay at this pattern? (laughs) three, four of us immediately start shaking our head. No, but what I want to do is I want to go around the horn. First of all, and give me one good thing that you have seen throughout the, throughout the season for this Red Sox team. I'll go first. And I know I'm being very biased with this, but I got to say Garrett Whitlock. All right. That's my dude. He still has not allowed a singular earned run. All right. I even got him on my fantasy team and he is killing it for me. All right. This dude, I said it right from the jump, had to be one of our X-Factor pitchers coming out. If he can be added into one of those guys that we can really trust, then that just bolsters our bullpen to be, we'll call it competent. All right. The the losses that we've had, throughout the six of them, those have been losses that it was mainly the offense's problem. We haven't really had a day where the bullpen has really killed us outside of those first three games every other game that we've lost those three others have just been the offense so having a competent bullpen led by this young young and upcoming guy Garrett Whitlock that's just going to be amazing for us for years to come all right let me toss it over to Andrew Andrew what you thinking about this Red Sox team
4: uh right now I feel like we're uh definitely uh doing good um I feel like If our offense is there, like from top to bottom, we're pretty solid throughout the lineup, a lot of tough outs, and um, besides that, I hope the pitching uh, continues, and yeah. All
1: right, the question is, I got to ask you guys, just raise your hand, how many of you guys think we legitimately have a top 10 offense in the league right now? Patrick, I'm going to you next then. Why not? And what's good about this Red Sox team that's keeping us at 11-6, and six, top of the division? I mean,
2: I think it starts, obviously, with J.D. Martinez and Bogarts. And that's kind of unrealistic to think that they're going to stay that way. They're almost both batting 400, So I think you're going to see a regression a little bit, obviously, just to where the great hitters are. And uh, so I think it's just we're outplaying even like where a great expectation is. I think we're still outplaying that. So I think it's just, just going to regress a little bit.
1: I, I completely agree with that. And here's the thing I'm going to say now, Xander Bogart's 407, 407 batting average confirmed. He, he's going to do it. I have I have complete no faith at all, but it's it's worth it's worth a try. But I, I, I can see with what you're saying about JD and Xander leading it, but... Baseball is one of those sports where it's more than just a two-man game. I can see this offense, right? The two guys that have really struggled for us right now are Hunter Renfro and Bobby Dahlbeck. Those two dudes need to turn it around. Bobby Dahlbeck, I think, is batting below 100 or low 100s right now. And Hunter Renfro is like 180-something at this point. Other than that, I have no complaints. But I know if we turn it over to Adam right now, he's going to start complaining about Frankie Cordero at some point. So Adam, just get it out of the way.
0: You know, you keep on coming at me with this early season success with Franchi Cordero. He's batting 350. Franchi Cordero, he's batting Take
1: that for data.
0: But it keeps on notice how it keeps on going down. Hey, he's batting 286. Hey, Franchi Cordero's batting 270. Hey, Franchi Cordero's batting 250. Like, it just keeps on going. just keep on like sooner or later he's going to be batting like 217 and you're going to be like, "Hey, Still better than Andrew Benintendi.
1: Hey, he's batting two seventy. By the way, right now, yeah, as no, of yeah, right he's now,
0: batting two. He's batting two seventy right now. Um, as for as Andrew for,
1: Benintendi's batting two hundred four.
0: Shut up. As for as for this season in general, I think we could we basically were able to expect this offense to be the strength of this team and to be elite throughout the season, just just top to bottom through their lineup. I know Patrick, you mentioned. JD Martinez and Jander Bogarts, you're missing Alex Verdugo and Rafael Devers. Uh, There's several, there's top to bottom. That offense is lethal. Um, We expected that, but what we, but this, the way this season is going to go, it it starts with their pitching. You know, we didn't expect their pitching to be as serviceable as it is. And that's the reason why they're off to such a fast start because we knew that the hitting was going to be good. It came down to the pitching. Now, another thing to add on to this is, and I don't think this is talked about enough, but there's a lot of pressure. There was a lot of pressure going into the season on the Red Sox. They had a lot to prove, uh, especially with the manager who, were, who was who was uh, suspended for a season. He comes back, and he has a lot to prove. And if he, if let's say he doesn't do well, then why would Haim Bloom hang on to him? And it's the same thing with a lot of these other players. Uh, say such as JD Martinez, who's having a marvelous bounce back season. You know, uh, it just comes down to the pitching and the fact that they had a lot to prove coming into this year. I, I honestly
1: can't find much to complain about with that answer, but I do want to ask this and I'm going to go around the horn real quick, starting with Andrew and Justin, guess what place this team is in pitching wise for earned run average. Like, like, they're the blank best team, pitching team, based on ERA.
4: you guessing? Um, I'm not quite sure. I want to say probably maybe middle of the pack, maybe.
1: So, like, 15?
4: Yeah, probably around that.
5: Justin? 10 to 15 sounds
3: about
2: right.
1: JD? I'm
2: going
3: to go a little higher. I'm going to say
1: 9. Patrick?
2: Yeah, I would probably say about ten right now.
1: Adam.
0: I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the crowd here and say around ten to fifteen, like around that area.
1: Well, Patrick got it perfect. We are the tenth best team, pitching team, according to ERA. According to batting average, we're the best hitting team in the league right now. So even with Bobby Dahlbeck and Hunter Renfro, who are still everyday starters, basically. Not doing as much as we can really want out of them. We're still the best batting team in the league. We're 288, and the second-best team is the Angels at 265. So we've been doing something right at the plate. But let me get to JD. JD, give me one good thing about this Red Sox team. Yeah, I'm
3: going to agree. I'm going to go with the bullpen. The rotation, I mean, we pretty much brought back the same guys. So starting the games hasn't been a problem, especially when most of the um, starters have gone five innings, the offense is there. I'm going to say that the bullpen surprised me, especially Matt Barnes, um, really solidifying that closing spot. Um, I was one who agreed with you. I really thought that the spot would be Adam Adovino's and not saying that Autovino hasn't done a good job. I think Matt Barnes has just done objectively better, especially I know there's a game I was watching. He went, almost had the immaculate inning, just strikeout, strikeout. Last guy fouled off the last strike to get the immaculate inning, but still struck out the side. So he's been a pleasant surprise. And if he can stay this form the entire season, I'll be happy.
1: If he could stay this form the entire season, and that's something I completely forgot to mention was Matt Barnes, who I would – Really contend is truly the best pitcher, not even in our bullpen. Just in, a, out of all of our pitchers right now, he's been the best so far the season. If he keeps playing like this throughout the season, he's at an all star level, and not even that. When Matt Barnes comes in the clutch and we're up four to two against the Orioles and then goes one two three down the side, it makes me feel some kind of way, and it makes Justin feel another kind of way because he is an Orioles fan. He's upset so. A little bit different question for Justin, but the Orioles suck. How does it feel? Better than expected, to be honest. I'm,
5: mean, what, 79? I actually thought we were way out of it. I thought we'd be where the Yankees are right now, so I'm fine with it.
4: You guys are doing better than the Yankees, so. I know, right? As long
5: as we're doing better than the Yankees, I have nothing to complain with. I knew we weren't making the playoffs. That 3-0 start
1: was just a fluke. Let's hey, Adam, see. Adam said you guys were going 162-0 right after <laughs> him. Just
4: we wanted to make him feel good about himself. So, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm.
0: He's also my roommate, so you know, you never know what he's going to be doing while I'm sleeping.
1: That okay? You could take that a million different ways, but with that, let me just go over some stats, you guys, real quick. Like we said, our main guys who have been leading this offense were Xander and JD. Xander went down a little bit. He's at three eighty six. JD three eighty three. And it's beautiful what you can do with JD if you just give him a video room. Now here are two that are surprising me. Christian Arroyo and Christian Vasquez are batting 316 and 308. So I'm just gonna go to one of you. Let me go to Patrick. What do you think about Christian Arroyo? What's his place on this team really? Because right now, Kike Hernandez has that second base spot, but right now he's, he's doing okay at a 269. But if Christian Arroyo keeps up a 316, What's his spot?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's tough when you have those kind of guys where, like, there, it seems like there's more depth. But uh, it's, it's tough with Christian Arroyo because I don't really think he's better than Kike Hernandez. Um, but, I mean, obviously, he's outplaying him, so he's, he should be getting the time. But Christian Vasquez, on the other hand, I mean, he's killing it. In terms of other catchers, like around the MLB, he's
1: shocked me by far. I I've been pleasantly surprised. And this is coming from a guy that said, right off rip, trade him. All right. I, I said I said right off rip in the offseason. I said trade him to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is just like, oh my God, we just went to a World Series. Let's contend. So I think they would have came in, took Vasquez, and gave us a whole of prospects for him. But now seeing that, and especially at the beginning of the year when he said he feels the greatest he's ever felt that kind of gave me a little bit of confidence in him you know, being able to just say let's let's just roll with this guy and see what happens so let me go to jd hunter renfro what do we do about him is he is it too early to tell is he still a starter for us where do we place him right now
3: so i'm gonna say a little too early to tell i know um his best at the plate so far was that snow home run in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Barely got out the wall. Byron tried to, Byron Buxton tried to rob it. It got out. That's pretty much the best we've seen him at the plate. Um, the thing is, he was out. Um, I think it was soreness, and we were kind of shuffling the outfield. I think right now with how Arroyo is batting, putting Arroyo at second, um, Hernandez, center, Verdugo, right, Francian left um it's kind of been the good mix i think right now with how franchi is kind of just out of the outfield of that outfield um having franchi and uh and uh, hunter renfro switch out whether it's franchi and left on one day cycle out the um outfielders throwing marwin gonzalez have um renfro and right i just think that um everybody else basically verdugo and hernandez could be staples in the outfield with Arroyo playing second, and just kind of rotate at um, left field, right field, since Verdugo has the flexibility to switch around to give us our best hitting uh, outfield.
1: So is Marwin Gonzalez an outfielder, or is he our backup first baseman? So I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's our
3: starting first baseman because Bobby Dalback has only been flashing leather but marwin's been flashing it a little better than he has um bobby Dahlback loved love bobby but it's been abysmal at the plate again his best performance came where he had two doubles the opposite way in minnesota other than that hasn't been much um and marwin um the only thing i don't like about him at this point is his base running getting caught in rundowns at third all the time that one play
1: against um, the orioles was beautiful (laughs)
3: Oh, it's just he wasn't even trying to run he was just full out spinning <laughs> yeah uh he's been great at first base and he can play everywhere shortstop second base outfield but he's kind of shown that he's actually been making great plays at first and i I like a first baseman that's going to be getting throws especially when uhraffus's got a great arm at third kind of bounces it in the dirt sometimes. Both Bobby Dahlbeck and um, Marwin have shown uh, a good job handling those throws from Devers. I think Marwin just handled it a lot better. So even though Marwin isn't getting the everyday starts, um, I'd actually take him out of that rotation in the outfield and start rotating him in between first and second, um, mainly second on off days. But I think Marwin should be the starting first baseman.
1: It's funny you say that, because you were talking about Bobby Dahlbeck's abysmal season at the plate, as of right now, Marwin Gonzalez is worse at the plate than Bobby Dahlbeck, I know it's hard, it's hard to see, because right now it doesn't feel like it, but Bobby Dahlbeck's batting 214 and Marwin's batting 209, which is weird, but I know how you feel, but with both of them struggling at the plate, Adam, I want to ask you, if you were the, if you were Alex Cora right now, would you consider bumping down one of the pitchers say josh taylor who absolutely sucks and bringing up uh michael chavis
0: i mean it like as i've said before with this offense they've their offense has been fine i don't really think they've needed any help um you know why if it ain't broke don't fix it you know and um honestly, with, with the way this pitching staff has gone so far this season, you know, with Haim uh, Bloom, even with, especially with his track record down in Tampa, just being, being the straight pitching whisperer that he has been. And the, with the job he's done, I trust what he's doing. And if he, if, and honestly, this pitching, this pitching staff could use all the help it can get. Um, if, if we want to keep, if we want to hang on to Josh Taylor or at least call up somebody else, then you do that. But I don't, I don't see the need for uh, Michael Chavez right now.
1: Hmm. I, I find that interesting mainly because with our 26 man roster right now, the only guy that's really doing atrocious, uh, you could, you could maybe make an argument for the other one is Josh Taylor right now. Who's got a nine, five, three ERA to pitch five innings and allowed six runs not great whip of a 2.6 i know it's early but at the same time those aren't promising and this is coming off a season where he absolutely sucked right uh last year last year he had a 982 era so are we
0: are are we so are we bringing up uh chavis or are we bringing up a different another relief pitcher i i don't think i don't see the use in uh in michael chavis to be honest I, i like michael chavis but do they need him? I think they need more, more relief pitching. I mean, yes, they've been great so far. But, you know, is there anybody else in that minor league system that could actually help them right now?
1: Uh, anyone else chime in if you know of somebody, but right now out of relief pitchers? I would say maybe Brian Mata, but I think it's too early to bring him up. Or just think, bring a starter
0: up. Stick him in the bullpen.
1: Yeah, that's uh, Brian Mata is a starter. But other than that, do you guys know of anyone else that could possibly bump up in this minor league system? Oh, Zach Bryan. And, yeah, exactly. So, with that being said, I want to go over to our two boys over there, Andrew and Justin, and I want to ask them about that same kind of thing. But where did I put this thing? Did I lose it? I probably lost. I lost my stats. But, yeah, so I wanted to ask you guys about – I know, Justin, you're an Orioles fan, but Garrett Richards, big, our quote-unquote biggest signing, question mark, has still sucked this year. Six ERA is just not looking pretty. Do we take him out of the starting rotation, even though it's really early? And if so, who do we put in?
4: So, I don't know. Yes, right now, I say give it another like, start or two, but yes, he's been our worst starter right now. So, I say... I don't know who would fill in that role, but yes, as I agree with you, he's not doing too hot right now. So, and we had high hopes on him. So,
5: <laughs> your your big signing, he's playing like a bum.
1: <laughs> um, you can't you can't talk because Trey Mancini will be traded like very soon. Do so, we need to talk about uh, Manny Machado, Renato Nunez? We don't have
5: to talk about it. No, we don't. No, no, we, we don't. No,
1: I know this is a Red Sox
5: podcast. We go into that stuff. I mean, we could talk about the 3 0 start and then, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> then,
1: yeah, and then after that, I was just gone downhill so fast.
5: It, it is what it is. As long as it is today, what it is, it's a good season.
1: Yeah, we just don't like that one and six record at home, though.
5: I don't know why we suck at home. I don't,
1: I don't either. But two <laughs> more things I want to talk about. Uh, what was the first one? I don't even remember. Okay, maybe one more thing I talk about because I have the attention span of a squirrel. How about them Yankees? We can all agree there. All right, I just gotta ask, guys, because this this is normal between us. Uh, that the Yankees really have terrible starts. This is nothing new. And then, around like middle of May into early June, they'll be like, "Oh wait, we're actually decent. Let's let's try." And then they come back and win the division. So I got to ask us, even with this rough start, what are we expecting for the Yankees? Adam, it's
0: It's unfair that even on a down year, and I don't understand how the Red Sox can't do this too on a down year, um, that even on a down year, the, the, the Yankees always finish with a winning record. Like I, and this is is another big market problems. This is a big market too. Um uh, And I, this is another like side take that I've always had, and it's always what I'll, I will hold against the Red Sox, but um, with the with the amount of, and I, I hate to make this make this more about the Red Sox now, but with the amount of resources and money that this team has that this Red Sox team has, the franchise has historically had, they should never be finishing in last place, let alone, Uh, losing record and to be honest they should be they should be if they did everything right if they did everything right like the Yankees have they should be right there with the Yankees but they're not and I'm a little upset about that
1: and here's here's the thing too right like you said we're not really a like I I define big market teams as New York and L.A. Those are the two teams that can just throw all the money in the world, at their problems, and make the playoffs every single year. Even on down years, they're a wild card team.
0: Red Sox have money.
1: Yeah, but not as much as those two and don't spend it as wisely as those two. But it's not like we're the Blue Jays or the Rays or the Orioles, these small market teams. How dare they make
0: it to the playoffs? There you go. The, they don't spend it wisely.
1: Exactly. No, no, you.
0: They're stupid.
1: You're right about that. Patrick, what's your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think I think the Red Sox are definitely a big market team. And uh like we've been stuck in the luxury tax because we don't know how to spend it wisely. And uh I think it's like a good direction that we're in now where we're going for a younger depth. Like I would have loved Mookie Betts, but to see these guys like actually make a ton of progress and like look good. Like I don't think it's that sustainable, but it's it's a promising start and there's a lot of potential there, I think.
1: Absolutely, and I said this right from the jump. Don't trade Moki bets. I know it's going to cost you a hell of a lot of money, but if you're trying to get out of the luxury tax, you trade David Price and Andrew Benatendi. And obviously that would have worked, because Andrew Benatendi absolutely sucked last year, and is not doing so hot through the start of this year. It's better than it was, but it's still not great. Adam, don't give me that look. You know it's
0: true. No. You yes? Have, you have... <laughs> you...
1: He batted a 103. And now he's batting a 207. Right, he's doubled his progress. I'm not and even still talking sucked.
0: about. I'm not even talking about that. You literally earlier this offseason, you said the the Mookie Betts trade was the right move. Now yes, you are around and you say this is the this is a horrible move.
1: I never said it was a horrible move. You just I, I can, I can you agree said with it. Tra- because, you said don't trade Mookie Betts. No, I, I it, personally as a homer. I didn't want them to trade Mookie Betts. If they could have traded David Price and Andrew Benintendi for obviously somebody not named Alex Verdugo, I would have loved that. But obviously that wasn't the case under the luxury tax. They needed to get rid of Mookie, which I get. We get Alex Verdugo, who is going to be a multiple-time All-Star for this Red Sox team. And is going to be the electrifying piece that we need. I am not mad at the trade. I'm not mad at the Andrew Benintendi trade either. I think that was a great trade for the Red Sox. But you, shut up. J.D., how about the Yankees? All
3: right, to bring us back to actually the Yankees, um, you know, I agree, slow start as long as they stay healthy. And it's always been a stay healthy thing for them, even though they make it every year, the Yankees stay healthy. um, They'll finish one or two. Hopefully it's two. Hopefully somehow we keep this together all year and finish out one. But they'll they'll finish two because I think with the Rays, they're splitting their games right now. I think they'll split their games all year. And same with the Blue Jays. Um, I think the Blue Jays are already kind of starting off tough with the uh, injury problems. Um, A lot of teams are going to have injury problems. But I think the Yankees, this is probably going to be their year to stay healthy. And if they stay healthy, they'll still be at the top.
1: That's, That's a big ask for Judge and Stanton. They've never really been healthy throughout their careers. But really quick, let me take it over to the other two. How are you guys feeling? Do you think the Yankees are still gonna come out top?
4: I feel like, yes, it's a slow start. I like making fun of uh, tell them James and Brian every day and when they lose just to like yeah. make, make them mad. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it's a slow start, but I feel like they're always they always find a way in to get into the playoffs at the end of the season. And I feel like what JD said is just if they can stay away from injuries, And get going at the right time. I feel like it could be either one or two right behind the Red Sox.
1: Mm -hmm. 100%. So we've been running for about a little over a half hour on this Red Sox team. Really quick, just to end it off, what do we got? By the next time I record a podcast on Sunday night, we are going to have five games. Two against the Blue Jays. Three against the Mariners. How many are we going to win, and if we're losing any, to who? For me, I'm saying we're getting four wins, and we're probably losing tomorrow against the Blue Jays. Adam, what are we thinking? Adam, you need to learn how to unmute yourself.
0: Shut up. Tonight is going to be a tough one, and it's going to be be an interesting matchup because we have Eduardo Rodriguez, our best guy, going against uh, Ryu the Blue Jays, best guy, Ryu, the Blue Jays, best guy. And this is going to be interesting. Uh, Interesting way to kick things off. Great pitching matchup. Um, The Blue Jays are an up and coming team and they have the potential to win this game, especially with the offense that they, that the uh, Red Sox have, but I I have confidence that they'll be able to uh, pull off the series win regardless of if they can't, Uh, if they can't win the game tonight, if they win the game tonight, they're winning the series, I think. But if they don't, uh, if they don't, I still wouldn't rule it out. Mm
1: -hmm. Patrick. Uh, I think
2: the blue Jays are actually a really good team. I think they're basically us. They might even be a little more refined. So I think probably just like split the series with them. Um, But the big thing is uh, what the Mariners, I think, uh, I think it's a little too much to ask for a, a sweep, or to expect. So uh, probably drop one game somewhere
1: along the way. Mm. I gotcha, and that—that's kind of the same thing I said. Just one loss, but I'm—I'm I'm saying we sweep the Mariners because screw the Mariners, JD. I'm gonna agree with Adam.
3: I think uh, the entire week is going to depend on what happens tonight. They win tonight. I'm going to say. Just a full sweep, we don't lose any this week. I think we win the second game against Toronto. The Mariners uh, living kind of on this side of the West Coast. I have a lot of people who are Mariners fans, so I follow them just as well. I think it's very easy to take all three games for the Mariners. However, I think that if we lose tonight against the Blue Jays, I think that will also carry a loss to the Mariners. Um just with the games being all in a row, we're gonna have to shuffle people around is gonna be um towards the end. Um don't know if Garrett Richards or it's gonna be um or if it'll be Houk getting one of those starts against um the Mariners, but I think if we lose tonight, it's either gonna
1: be Richards or Houk taking a loss against the Mariners. I could see that. Yeah, I I would love it if our rotation for now until sale gets back is Erod. Uh Avaldi, Perez, Pavetta, Hauk, those five have Whitlock, Richards off the bullpen with Barnes being our closer. Two up there. How many are we winning? Consensus looks like three or four.
4: Uh I'm gonna say probably four out of the five. I agree with Adam on this one. Um tough pitcher matchup tonight. We gotta pile some runs up against a good starter in Ryu. But I say um, yeah, probably four out of the five. I
1: got 3. I got
5: 3. You guys are one and 3 if not four. Who,
1: who are, we, are we losing both to Blue Jays?
5: You're going to lose. I kind of want to see you guys lose one to the Blue Jays and one to the Mariners.
1: I mean, we lost 3 to the Orioles. Anything is possible. It like is, I said, yeah. Like I said, this team's just a very streaky team. There are going to be points this season where we're going to lose 5 in a row, we're going to be like sell the entire franchise, like just get rid of it all. Guaranteed this this season, we might go on like an eight game losing streak, and it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest, but then we'll have times where we'll go on an eight nine 10 game win streak and we'll be like this is a World Series contending team. But with that being said that's all we got for the Red Sox action for the Fumble members that have been sticking with us now you get to listen to Adam which I don't know why you guys do that but Adam you are quote unquote the football expert along with Justin y'all yeah, take it over from here.
0: All right, now I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, I've felt like absolute garbage the past couple of days, so I haven't had much of a chance to review uh, and put together uh, much of a script yet. Um, but we have a couple things going on. There is the, N- the NFL draft that's right around the corner. A couple of rumored NFL trades coming up. Robert, uh, you, you mentioned off-camera. Uh, Carolina is, is, has been thinking about trading, trading down um, which is an interesting thing. And we could, I could bring that up in a minute. Uh, there was also, there's also been the dolphins rumored to trade down, which is inter- which is also interesting because they've been going, they've been seesawing back and forth for the past couple of the past couple of weeks. Um, there is, uh, uh, Alex Smith's retirement, but, um, I think first, uh, I'd like to go around the horn and see how you, uh, get some thoughts from you guys. Um, on the current state of the NFL, I know there's it's it's the off season. There's not too much going on besides the draft, but uh, I'll start. I'll start with my other co-host, uh, Justin. Justin, you have any thoughts on the NFL world right now?
5: As far as right now, it's the draft. Hopefully, my team drafts well, like it always does, because you know it's us. And as things Whatever. As things continue to regress, I'm seeing more and more teams are more open to like trading back in the draft, which is weird. Mainly the Giants. Why are you trading back? Stay there and get a wide receiver for your quarterback, or get some help on that line. Uh, but other than that, I think I'm okay. That's where I think the state of the NFL is.
0: Andrew. Andrew.
4: Um. Yeah, I feel like. Uh, definitely, Miami is—they don't know what they want to do right now, uh, in order of their spot. But I feel like I'm not really too sure. Um, yeah.
0: You know, it's very interesting with uh, with the Miami Dolphins. I really thought they they knew what the hell they're doing right now, and I thought that because you know, if it both of their trades where they went back and then they went back, back up again. I thought, okay, they know what they're doing. They have a plan, but now that the thing you're trading back again, it's like, do you guys really know what you're doing? And I've, I'm holding, even as a Patriots fan, I'm holding out hope. They're kind they're kind of becoming a little bit of a likable team, a little bit of a fun team to watch. They're up and coming, but you know, if there's some signs of dysfunction or just not even knowing what they're doing, you wonder uh, if there is, if there even really is a bright future for them. I'm sure they're going to be good for a couple of years, but will it be sustainable? All right. Uh, Robert.
1: So the one thing I want to say about the dolphins is yeah, they're kind of going up and down and up and down. I talked to a couple Eagles fans, one being Brendan Salucci, And he was, app, uh, he was pissed. He was pissed at them trading back. He was like, why, if you have a top wide receiver at your fingertips with pick six why do you trade back and here's the thing with both of miami and carolina i can see them both trading back i don't think miami will trade back unless it's draft day because if we're being honest with ourselves one through four is most likely going to be a quarterback probably going to go lawrence wilson fields lance and then five is the Bengals.
0: i wouldn't be so sure about four
1: i'm i put my money down on it at four Unless Atlanta. Because it's the Falcons like, and they're going to do something like that.
5: A three is questionable. Meg Jones might go to San Francisco.
1: Maybe. I, I can maybe see that. But five is going to be Sewell because Bengals, if the Bengals mess up that pick, everybody hates the Bengals because we're not watching Joe Burrow go through that again. The Giants need to keep their spot to draft an alignment. No That's their main need. Wide receiver, they're fine. They just signed Galladay. They have a Slayton Shepard. And they got rid of Golden Tate. So they already have a three-headed monster at wide receiver. They need O-line. Andrew Thomas has just not been it. Nate Solder's gone, thank God. But they legit only have like three guys that they can trust on that O-line. And that's if you trust Andrew Thomas.
0: All right, JD.
3: So to focus on maybe the quarterbacks um to kind of touch upon what's already been slightly hints that um I'm really interested in what San Francisco is going to do at three because one and two seem to be locks um especially with uh you know just trading Sam Darnold as I thought they would I'm kind of curious at why they would trade up for Mac Jones because I don't think a lot of teams would have taken you know if anybody else was trading up to three, that they would take Mac Jones at that spot. Mac Jones is someone that people think would even fall to the Patriots at 15, but it seems like they're going to trade up to take him at three. But um, also the receivers are going to be interesting. I'm wondering who's going to go first, if it really is going to be Jamar Chase. And I actually think that the Bengals would take Jamar Chase over a line because um, a line is going to be spotty, and just getting Pinay Sewell is not going to fix an entire offensive line that needs fixing. It doesn't matter if Panay Sewell is going to be great if the other four guys aren't going to block. So I think maybe adding another um, receiver on that Bengals team might actually be a bigger priority because um, A.J. Green is now with the Cardinals. Um, all there is is um, Higgins and um, Tyler Boyd. Boyd shows some flashes, but again, I think he's a nice complimentary two guy um, same with Higgins could be a nice complimentary two guy. I actually think they need to go um, with Shamar Chase right there. but I'm really interested to see not about QBs. I'm interested to see who's going to be the first wide receiver taken off the board
0: yeah, you know it's interesting when you mention uh, the 49ers because we know I feel like we all know that they're going to take a quarterback. It's just a matter of which one. And we felt like it was going to be Mac Jones before, uh, like we were almost positive it was going to be Mac Jones. And now we're hearing a lot of a lot more reports coming out that, oh, it's going to be Trey Lance. Oh, uh, Justin Fields has emerged as the favorite. It's just become it's, you know, it, your guess is as good as mine uh, on who they're actually going to take at quarterback during this um, during this draft. Um, as as for your take on uh, uh, the Bengals, that is that is true. They, you know, there has been a little bit of a temptation by the Bengals that you know they might want to uh, reunite Joe uh, Joey Burrow with uh, with uh, Jamar Chase instead of addressing that offensive line, which could be trouble for that team if they don't try to get the uh, protection that uh, that uh, Joe Burrow needs. Uh, all right, Patrick.
2: Yeah, so I agree a lot with what you guys are saying, um, especially with probably Mac Jones to the 49ers and stuff, and obviously Lawrence and uh, who was Wilson, second to the Jets. I think those are probably going to happen. But I think the crazy thing is, like, if you look at the history the past few years, quarterbacks drafted in the first round don't stay with the team. So I think this push to get, like, the first four picks as quarterbacks, I don't really think that's actually going to happen. I think, like, kyle pitts might work his way into the fourth whether it's a trade or maybe he just stays there who knows um he might even end up with the giants because i feel like they definitely need a good pass catching tight end because evan ingram is just not doing it but i think i just really think especially when you think golf and mariota uh wentz um like the quarterbacks drafted first second overall it they should be great but history has shown they're not a they're not that safe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you would think the number one overall, I'll come to you in a second, Justin. Um, you would think, you would think the number one overall pick would be a lock, but it doesn't always work out that way. You know, we saw, uh, Andrew Luck, he worked out, uh, you can go back to Peyton Manning, he wound up working out. Uh, I'm, let me know if I'm missing anybody. Uh, I don't know if you count Patrick Mahomes, who was drafted 10th overall, who was actually considered a reach at the time. There were some rumors that he may not even go in the first round, um, although the Saints have come out to say that they would have taken him at 11. Um, uh, Justin?
5: As far as where Adam is going with this, uh, all three quarterbacks from the 2004 draft worked out. Eli Manning, Big Ben Roethlisberger, and Philip Rivers worked out. So if you can find the guy you need for your team, I can see long-sustaining success. And it's too young for me to say, like, the 2018 draft class because, you know, it's still a young draft class, even though the 2017 draft class isn't looking too good with Deshaun and Mitchell Trubisky. But what I will say is I do believe within the first four picks, it will go quarterbacks because it depends on what Atlanta does at the number four spot. If Fields is there at number four, I do think they're they're kind of inclined to get him based upon if they can get a quarterback on the cheap based, uh, for, to deal with Matt Ryan's contract in his years leading up later. And as he gets older, I believe if they do find themselves in a position to draft a quarterback for longer, sustaining success, I think you do go for it. Now, will they? I don't know. It's the Falcons. But I do. If Fields is there, it'd be pretty tempting for them to take it.
0: See, I completely agree. I, I think it's, it's, there, it's a very real possibility. One through four is all quarterbacks. Uh, I think what, what Patrick is trying to say here is that it's not a lock that is going to be, it could be, uh, couldn't you say, see, even if, even if the Atlanta decides to stay at number four, couldn't you see them taking a Kyle Pitts Cause they don't, they're not set at wide risk at uh, sorry, at tight end. And imagine that, imagine that offense, You have Matt Ryan throwing to Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts. Like, imagine that offense right there. You know, it's just, it's absolutely insane. Um, But I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, and you can see the Dolphins trading up to go up to number four and take Kyle Pitts. You know, it's, it's not, I don't, I don't see it out of the realm of possibility that uh, number four is not a quarterback. But all right, it's my turn. Um, So I'm going to explain why it's actually, why it's really intriguing to me that the Carolina Panthers are going, are thinking about trading down and call me a biased Patriots fan, but think about it this way. Carolina took themselves out of, Carolina took themselves out of the quarterback market earlier this month by trading for Sam Darnold and um there was a there were some there was some talks earlier in the wake of that trade saying well they don't need a quarterback anymore is there a, is there a possibility they could trade back and now there's rumors that that might happen um, now what's a what's a team that has needed a quarterback and has wanted to trade up the New England Patriots So, you know, if they trade back, trade back to say number 15, the Patriots could be knocking at the door and they could try to trade up to number eight, where there's a real possibility that a Trey Lance or a one of one of Trey Lance, Mac Jones, or Justin Fields winds up, winds up falling there. I've mentioned this all uh, ever since they brought back Cam Newton and made that made that incre just absolutely crazy, um, that absolutely crazy spending spree is that the way this offense the way this team is built it's like it's like building this really nice car and not putting an engine in you know have the the engine being uh or not having a having a uh having a bad engine in cam newton um so you know it just wouldn't if give me a break
1: I, I um, wouldn't I wouldn't say having a bad engine. It's more like having a deflated front left tire, I'd call it. No nah. the, the quarterback's
0: <laughs> the engine of the team. The the quarterback runs the show. Um and plus we don't overrun a of, game
1: to settle a week. It would be. make
0: a it would make a lot of sense if they were to trade up, complete this big rebuild process that that uh, Bill Belichick has tried to pull off overnight and make an make some Patriots fans happy. You know, I think this is, this is something that could actually work out and um, they're going to have to trade number 15. They're probably going to tr- have to trade another first round as well, at least a second rounder. Um, but other than that, you know, um, there's been a lot, but if you think about it, there's been a lot of different trades going on uh, and a lot of rumors for different trades going on. It's been, um, been very uncharacteristic that we see this many uh, in the draft at least in at least in the top 10 but um, yeah those are my thoughts on that
1: you know, let me let me just say like I said it's it's weird that the Carolina Panthers are looking to trade down especially for where they are if they were to trade like, let's say back to 14 or 16 and get a first and a second. I can understand that. Just get more young assets into this team because as of right now, they literally have, I mean, Sam Darnold might be okay in a new scenario. It takes them obviously out of the QB market. Uh, Robbie Anderson is, he's on the Panthers, right? Or is he on the Jets? Panthers. Panthers. He is on the Panthers. Okay. Robbie Anderson is still a good young wide receiver. That's going to work well for them. But Jeremy Chin is a good player on the defensive side. Other than that, what do they really got? You know, there's, there's not too much that Carolina team. So if they're going to trade back, they're trading back for a first and a second. Other than that, a deal is stupid to trade back.
0: Yeah, definitely. They they want to, tr- they want to Robert, track, that- get some more, get some more assets.
4: They have Christian McCaffrey too, and DJ Moore. Yeah, you're, well, you're missing Obviously, those two.
1: obviously I know about Christian
0: McCaffrey. Okay. But Clearly you I, didn't if you said they don't have anything else. Well, you know what to got a little some. <laughs> How do you mention Robbie Anderson and not Christian McCaffrey?
1: Why do I deal with you people? All right.
0: Why do I deal with you? You you forgot about Christian McCaffrey.
1: Hey, this is my show, okay? You're you're making a guest appearance
0: Look at and me. I'm letting you use Look my footage
1: me. for your podcast.
0: Look at me. I'm the captain now. I will
1: kick you, you out of this meeting. You so handed, help me.
0: I will you, kick you out. I you have handed the power.
1: leadership. I have the power in this
0: podcast. I have the power for this Don't last half. Don't make
1: me half. do it. Don't make me do it. That's what I thought. Come on, Adam, chill. We say, need you. Let's do say, say something better.
0: else. Say something else. Something else. You okay. forgot about DJ anymore.
1: <laughs> and Adam
0: is gone.
5: Why <laughs> did
0: you do
1: that? Now he's back. It looks bad. now he's back. <laughs> I told you I had the power. All right, say whatever you're saying, Adam.
0: You forgot about DJ Moore, and you know who? All
1: right, I'm sorry, Adam's muted. I can't. I can't deal with him right now. Pat, Patrick, say something and turn this ship right. Okay, just help me out here, please. I mean,
2: real quick, the Panthers, though. I think like and and the miami dolphins too if we're staying on those two teams where they're super young and i feel like they're actually kind of well coached so if they're just getting a ton of assets like just keep trading back getting best player available they're not really like pressured into doing anything like winning now so i think they're really well off for the future and i think the Sam donald trade was actually really good because i think obviously has a lot of talent he went very high but uh just in a new system with a new coach like I think you can really, really
1: Adam, you're hosting this. Hello. You you alive?
0: Yes, I am. terrible um, job. Yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens with those two. They're they're very um they are very young teams that are um that are on the upswing and you have to wonder if, um, you know, it's, it's in these times, it's in these times like this where you really see what teams are like when they rebuild, uh, how professional these organizations are. Uh, You know, you have the San Francisco 49ers and the green Bay Packers who have historically been a uh, a very good franchise. And you, you see why they are uh, because they make smart moves, uh, especially at quarterback and, Um, then you look at teams like the Miami Dolphins and the Carolina Panthers, they've been making good moves so far, but, um, you know, this, um, this rumor that the Miami Dolphins want to trade back has me scratching my head a little bit. Um, because I, you know, I think I thought they had a plan at first, but if they're thinking of trading back again, it seems, it just comes off very indecisive for me and it's kind of the same and like don't get me wrong the carolina panthers if they trade back that'd be that'd be good to collect some assets you still have to cash in with those assets and create um uh, produce good players uh who can carry them to championship contention um and it just it remains to be seen we're going to be we're going to be watching these teams and what they do for the next couple of years and we'll see if they can uh if they can uh do well with what they've with uh, the moves that they've done, but um, Justin, do you have any other thoughts?
5: As far as the Patriots are concerned, Cam Newton's going is going to help y'all. He's going to help y'all in the long run. He's going to help the passing game. He's going to help. He's he's definitely going to help
1: the run game. And you two passing think- touchdowns in Gillette last year.
5: Doesn't matter. He was in a new system, had COVID, and he was coming off surgery. He throws the ball at people's feet. That's not the <laughs> object. <laughs> you guys can't catch with your hands? That's not the object of the game. You're supposed to hit him in stride. But every time he does that, you guys drop the passes, so it doesn't I matter. know.
1: It's, it's, it's a mix between Cam Newton and we didn't really have a ton of weapons last year.
0: But, but now you guys got G- Two touchdowns yes. in Gillette is not a result of the system. Two touchdowns yeah, in Gillette is touchdowns. your How damn you fault.
1: Yes. When, when right. Josh Allen yeah. has four of them by himself. How many rushing touchdowns? That's a good question. I don't know. That's because, enough. That's because to, he
4: only cares about Enough himself. to make
1: it to the playoffs. Let's go. But they didn't make the playoffs. They, they
5: didn't this, have enough. Go, they might they might be able to squeeze in as a seventh seed and then get bounced.
1: Uh, Justin, you make me upset. <laughs> Go go back to talking about the Ravens. All right. They're gonna they're gonna get out of the second round as always and we'll call it a day.
5: Listen, listen, we're gonna make the AFC championship game this year.
1: Hell no. Super Bowl Super Bowl predictions. Go. Just Justin and Andrew, Super Bowl
4: prediction. Buccaneers, Ravens. Um Definitely the Buccaneers. I don't know. The AFC is still up. I like to see the Bills maybe pass the Chiefs, but
1: this, this is going to kill me coming from a Patriots standpoint. But if I'm being completely unbiased, I would love to see a Seahawks-Bills Super Bowl. JD. Uh, you know, in order to not
3: repeat with what other people are going to say, I'm actually going to say Bucks-Steelers, because Steelers are always kind of there. I actually think they bounce back. I, I see Justin laughing, mainly because he's a Ravens fan. I absolutely despise the Steelers, but I actually think that with their young core, hear me out. The receiving core, I think, especially with this you know, three-year extension with Mike Tomlin, he's really going to push it into these receivers to stop these drops. It's going to be a tough offseason for these Steelers. I think they will come back. They will win the division. They will do well in the playoffs. I think, I think they could, and I know it's kind of out there, but you know, the bucks are talk, or excuse me, the bills and the the chiefs are talked about a lot. And I think you actually have to look around the AFC AFC is always going to be the most open side out there. Um, now that the Pats are rebuilding. So I'm gonna go with someone different.
5: With all due respect,
1: respectfully,
5: hell no they're not making it to the super bowl thank you let alone winning the
1: division no did did you see how bad it got with the browns all right i had to turn it off because i didn't think that stuff was legal
0: oh the damn towel
1: yes i guarantee that was not not legal in like four different states on what they did to the steelers all right well the main question to ask about the steelers is which is going to happen more touchdowns caught by juju or TikToks made by juju
4: Which is going to be more? TikToks. 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 TikToks
5: and receptions.
1: (sighs) It's pathetic.
5: Patrick.
0: Claypool are the dynamic duo of TikTok. Beautiful
1: thing when we're talking about football.
2: Uh, So, realistically, I think it's probably going to be the Bills and the Buccaneers. It's going to be another, like, the best teams are just going to end up making it um especially that they're probably going to be the one seeds like have the only buys um but like honestly i kind of think a dark horse in the afc is uh the browns like i don't know for some reason mayfield like he's starting to he's starting to turn it up a little bit i think they might be able to turn something around
1: okay adam before you say anything i'm sorry but i just think we all have to give him a little standing ovation because he did not say the cowboys Give it up for Patrick. He's being unbiased. I love it. All right, like an, Adam, I'm sorry.
0: It's like an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting him, him admitting that the Cowboys aren't contenders. Um. So I'm, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to start with the shoe in for me, which is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, as um, unless Tom Brady falls off this cliff that Max Kellerman has been predicting for the past half, half decade. Um, I don't, I don't see them not making the Super Bowl, especially since they're they're they they basically brought back the exact same team, and they have a first round pick, and there's still the rest of the draft to to come. So that team, and especially with that quarterback Tom Brady, uh, another year in that system, there's just no way he doesn't get better unless he just uh, unless he just absolutely falls off the cliff. Um, Other than that, but as for the AFC, it's a tough one because I don't think the Chiefs are as much of a lock to make it in as they were. I don't even think they are a lock at all to make it in uh, like they were the past couple of the past few seasons where people were just like, oh, they might as well. You might as well just give them the trophy now, uh, even though they only won one of them. Uh, But I think I'm going to go with. I'm going to go bold and go with the Colts. I think that team is, I think that that team is built well. And I think that team has, I think if, and this is assuming that Carson Wentz uh, winds up regaining his 2017 Eagles form, you know, that Eagles team has the exact same makeup as that old Eagles team. They have the old, the old quarterback coach, Frank Reich. They have Carson Wentz put into a, given a change of scenery. They have a few, a few very solid receivers in T Y Hilton and Michael Pittman. They have, uh, they have a very, they have a better running game to be honest for really being honest. Naeem Hines. They they have uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, even Jordan Wilkins, or I think, I think that's his name. Uh, But he was a solid number three back. That defense is very good as well. Just, Probably just as competent as the uh th- that Eagles team. The offensive line, just as good. That team, this team is literally the 2017 Eagles team. And how'd that work out? Worked out very, very well. Um, uh, so I'm gonna go with Buccaneers, Eagle, uh, sorry, Buc- Buccaneers, Colts. Might as well be the Eagles. But-
1: I gotta, I gotta say one thing about that. Uh Nick Nick Foles was the one that brought him there. Don't no, don't forget that. And Tom Brady lost it for y'all. Don't y'all forget it do justin do we have to take this outside so help me all right i was i was going to school <laughs> down in new jersey you watching that super bowl <laughs> i talked so much crap to everyone around me who was all eagles fans because we we're right on the border um, we were very close to justin, pennsylvania but it was not fun
0: justin you pronounced you pronounced patriots defense wrong
1: there was no such thing in that super bowl no i said it right i said
0: brady no, you said you said Tom Brady when you were supposed to pronounce it as Patriots. Tom fans.
1: Brady had a or, record for the most more of specifically yards in a super bowl.
0: More specifically,
1: he's used to
5: doing the
0: lack of uh Malcolm Butler in that game.
5: Yeah, like that was gonna make a difference. Okay. Oh, Could absolutely. Have. He's the number
0: t- number two corner where they were in a one score game where they were bullying Eric Rowe all game. Absolutely. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Okay, keep telling
5: but-
1: keep telling and- us. Adam before before we get uh, before we start wrapping the show up I got one more football question I want to ask if you have one better. Let me know and we'll talk about that, but I have one more question what's the deal with the quarterback room for the football team. All right, because Taylor Heineke showed us that he could play big in big situations went almost toe to toe with the greatest quarterback of all time. But that's only a one game sample. He got his multi-year contract. He deserved the bag for that game, I'm not gonna lie. But at the same time, is he the starting option? Then you have Ryan Fitzmagic, a 37 year old guy, 38, who is coming off of like 11 different teams that he's played for. And you're gonna say he's really the answer when you let go of Alex Smith, who is younger and has been more faithful to your team to make it through two years of surgery, just come back and play for you guys. And lead you to the AFC or NFC division, NFC East divisional win. The question is, are they going to draft a quarterback with their late first round pick? One will probably fall to them. But the last time they had a uh, first round pick in the late teens, uh, there was a guy named Dwayne Haskins that they drafted. And obviously, that didn't turn out great. So, Adam, let's start off with you running around the horn. What's with the first round pick? What are we thinking for the football team? I
0: don't, I honestly don't think they're going quarterback simply because who is projected to go in that first round? Uh, late in that first round, most of their quarterback talent is all going, uh, is all going in that top 10, 10 to 15.
1: But realistically, range. who needs a QB outside the top four?
0: Who needs a quarterback outside the top four?
1: If correct me if I'm forgetting about somebody, but I don't think anyone else out from five to 15 needs a QB besides maybe the Patriots
0: Chicago bears.
1: They've already came out and said Dalton's the number one, which is gross, but,
0: but they, you you got me, you got me there. You got me there. They're only settling on him. You, you know, they were trying to get the, the, they were trying to get the Seattle Seahawks to bite on, uh, on Russell Wilson. So they're, they're clearly just settling on him. But as for the Washington football team, um, I'm sure they would love a franchise quarterback, but I don't think that's the direction they're trying to go in. It seems like they're just trying to build a, build a team around a, like a, a decent quarterback, like a, a Taylor Heineke or a Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they just try to win uh, win with that, and they win on defense, and uh, the, off- the uh, surrounding offense make the, makes the quarterback look better than he actually is. Uh, now could they could they take a quarterback in in future drafts? Yeah, sure they can't. You can't go with this. Uh, we're going to go with a veteran quarterback forever, um, especially since they haven't really had a franchise quarterback for about as long as we can remember. Um, and I, we're, no, we're not counting uh, Robert Griffin III. third. But you know, you um, yeah, I just don't see it happening.
1: Patrick, what are you thinking?
0: Uh, I think
2: Fitzpatrick might not start as the number one the first week, but I think he's probably going to earn it within, like, the third or fourth week.
1: You don't think they're going to draft any other QB? Uh,
2: probably not. I don't think there's really a need to. Um, like, they have Fitzpatrick for a reason. I don't think they would have brought him in if they were still thinking about drafting somebody else.
1: Hey, right there. JD.
3: So I'm gonna say I don't think it matters who's gonna start because this is Washington and they have one of the worst medical rooms. And I'm gonna say that no matter who starts, they're not making it out the entire year. Um, but I want to see Fitz Magic. Fitz Magic Patrick. Um, I think he's shown through the past couple of years between the Buccaneers and the Dolphins that he still has a lot in him. And I think especially with the Dolphins, he's shown that um You know, he's kind of excelled in um, all the games that he played. He was kind of pulled for Tua for no reason. It seemed like they were winning and they didn't want to win. And so they started, they switched it up and they still ended up winning. And You saw a lot of times where even where Tua was pulled for, you know, Fitzpatrick down the stretch. Um, So I think, I think you're going to have to go with the more experienced guy. As far as that first round draft pick, I think I don't think there's a reason to draft a quarterback in the first round for the reason that Adam stated. The fact of the matter is that with this being um, a draft where a lot of teams need quarterback, there's not going to be someone that you're going to want to take with the 19th pick overall. Anybody that you're that's going to be you know available there, it's probably going to be a reach. So I'm going to say either go somewhere on uh, defense. Um, they have a really solid um, offense right now maybe get a, a cornerback cornerback to help the um hope the secondary um whether that's if farley falls um because you know you're not going to get um jc horn probably you're probably not going to get certain so whether that's farley or you know reaching for possibly asante samuel jr or I even uh, could take someone at linebacker, but I think it's going to be a uh, defensive focus. They've um, taken a lot of defense last year, and I think they're going to want to boost their defense again this year, as opposed to the offense.
1: Yeah, I see that. Another team I completely forgot I'm that could use a quarterback is the Broncos. Broncos could surprise us and take a QB, but
0: yeah, but they're in the top. They're in the top ten. I, that's I, why I didn't mention them. I know, but. Could they maybe surprise us and take QB and say we're done with Drew Locke? You think that'd be a surprise? I thought I'm I'm almost expecting it.
1: With with what Elway is telling us, I think it might be a surprise if they do. But we, we run it a little bit long. Let's get to the two real quick and then we'll call it an episode.
5: As far as Washington is concerned, I like Heineke, but I think at the end of the season it probably will be Fitzy because I think. After all he's been through, he kind of deserves it. I think sooner or later down the stretch, I think Taylor Heineke might have one or two bad games where they'll say, let's see what Fitz, Fitz has, depending on if they're still in the race for the NFC East, which they probably will be because that division sucks. But So they do have the potential to win the division. Yeah, the, Fitz Magic will probably be there to hopefully win the division for them.
4: Yeah, I agree with Justin and mostly everybody else. I feel like it's going to be Fitzpat- uh, Fitzpatrick's team. Uh, like maybe after like one or two starts from Heineke, but I feel like he's the go-to and I feel like they would not want to draft the quarterback and maybe go for the defense as JD said.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can see it. All right. So that leads us to the end. We've been recording for a little over an hour at this point, so it's a good time to stop it. I want to go around the horn real quick, see if you guys want to say anything to the either Fumble Rooski or Pesky Pole Podcast fans that are listening. JD, let's start with you.
3: Oh, I just want to say uh, thank you for having me again. Um, good start to this season, hopefully, as um, it seemed that the Boston teams last year all followed the same trend of having down years, but everybody uh, follows the uptrend of the Red Sox. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Patrick, and plus, if you guys got anything you want to plug too, your Instagram, your Twitter, something like that, let me know and I'll put it in the description for at least mine, and hopefully Adam will remember to do it for his also. Uh, no,
2: just thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's fun talking about baseball and football, and I mean, we probably know the Cowboys are going to win the Super Bowl, but that's it.
1: I have the power to kick him out, too. All right, I got to remember that. I have the power, but what was I say? Yeah, definitely with you two, JD and Patrick. I'm definitely gonna have you guys on the show again. You already know. Adam, plug your stuff for the pesky pole people and say whatever else you want to say about Franchi Cordero.
0: You can take Franchi Cordero. PG show.
1: PG show.
0: You can take Franchi Cordero and stuff him. He is uh he's he's batting 270 right now, but enjoy that while it lasts, Robert. That's all I have to say. But um, it's always great to be to partner up with the Pesky Pole Podcast. You know, assembling the Avengers out here. We got the six of us in here today. Brian couldn't make it. <laughs> I, was, I was I meant to talk about the other uh, the other Brian. Of, uh, no, we're water. not
1: we're not talking about redhead uh, Brian. He's redhead gone. Brian. R.I.P. Brian, moment Brian of silence. Brian's out
0: tonight. Um, but it's great. You know, amazing start by the Red Sox. I really hope it lasts. If it doesn't, then, I mean, we didn't expect much, but I would love to have a baseball season this year. So far we do. Uh, As for the NFL worlds, it's, it's been a, it's been a great off season. Justin, Justin can agree with me. We've had so much stuff to talk about this off season, especially with the startup we've had. Um, We've been able to, uh, we kind of started right before the off season. Well, a little bit before the off season and we were a little nervous with the amount of uh, with the lack that with that there would be a lack of content. We've had no shortage of that. This has probably been the most, uh, the most cra- the craziest off season I've ever uh, seen. And it's, I'm, I'm blessed that we've been able to cover it.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You guys got very lucky. Well, I, I can say that this off season for the Red Sox was very eventful for me. There were some weeks where it was like, okay, can we do something, anything? Can we just, like, sign a minor league player so I have something to talk about?
0: It wasn't that.
1: Yeah, other other times we had some big trades. the Yadavino trade, you know, signing Richards and um, Kike and all that stuff. Let's throw it to the two real quick. Do you have anything you want to say?
4: Uh, I feel um, I just want the Red Sox to continue to do well. Hopefully they come on top of the division. And if anything, if they do better than the Yankees, you know I'm going to brag uh, to Brian and James. So, yeah, hopefully they can stay on top, do what they do best.
5: As far as me, I was watching the Pat McAfee show today, and it kind of made me propose this question to everybody else out there. As a Patriots fan, who would you rather have, Mac, Mac Jones or Jordan Love? Hmm. i leave it to the Pesky Poll podcast to put a poll out there and wait
1: for you guys to decide. That's – I'm not sure how many of my fans are true football fans, but I will definitely put a poll out there and just see what the people are thinking. But with that being said, a huge thank you to all five of you for coming out. I know it it took us about a week to get this set up, but I wanted everyone on the show for this insanely immature special occasion because how many podcasts get to say they've had this lineup so perfectly? You know, I've been working for over a year on this just for this moment. It's a beautiful thing. So that being said to the fans, thank you guys so much, whether you're coming from Pesky Pole Podcast Nation or the Fumble Rooski Podcast. Thank you guys so much. God bless you guys. We will see you guys in the next episode.